0: Welcome to the Starting With One podcast Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We are also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. We believe well designed employee benefit plans enhance people's lives. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co host and fascinating, fascinating, that's right, business partner, Al McDonald. Al, how's your day going?
1: Well, it's great so far. And I tell you, Robin, I'm looking forward to the weekend. It's supposed to be a nice weekend. You know what this weekend would be great for? Sitting out on my back porch and maybe having a cold beer. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? This
0: is going to be the perfect day for it. And uh-huh. well, what do you know? Yeah, we have the perfect guest for that. And we're going to talk about it a little further. Let me introduce Clint Israel, president at Cameron's Brewing Company in Toronto. I'm a big fan. And we're going to talk about that and, and the reasons why. <laughs> Clint was introduced by our mutual friend and former podcast guest, Rich Abia. So, Rich, if you're listening, and I know you are, thank you so much, because uh, this has been a great connection, and uh, we hit it off right from the get-go. So, so Clint, I was really hoping by now we'd be down at the brewery, you know, having a nice cold beverage while recording this. But, you know, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer, but today would have been the perfect day for a nice cold Cameron. So, just great to have you here, and I'm looking forward to the conversation.
2: I appreciate that. And, Al, what a perfect segue. Beautiful. Wow. Drink. Yeah. Get t- a cold beer. Look who it is. Clint from Cameron's. We're ready to go. I tried to
0: there we go. <laughs> Perfect. We talked about why we're not sitting down at Cameron's brewery right now. I mean, let's, let's the elephant in the room. It's, it's COVID. So let's talk about that because one of the things that you've been able to do, and I really want to get into some of the changes you've made, but Cameron's has remained agile and, and really nimble during this time. So Clint, can you talk to us about that?
2: Absolutely. And Rob and Al, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be on the show and to talk about Cameron's and I listened to some of the older podcasts. And I think what you're doing is really innovative and interesting. And I love the whole concept of one conversation, one thing. I think it's just, that's really great. Thank you. So we'll go back to March 15th of last year and the world was moving along just the way it should be. And COVID hit and we were caught with our pants down, so to speak. We didn't know what to do, and our first reaction was we're going to have to have some layoffs. We're going to have to figure out what to do with our business. The LCBO went down to 25% capacity. All the bars and restaurants closed, and we were really stuck. 40% of our business comes from the LCBO. 40% of our business comes from bars and restaurants. At the time, we weren't doing any home delivery, very little retail business out of the brewery, and we had to figure something out. So we came up with a COVID approach that went company-wide where we turned all of our salespeople. I have the best, hardest-working sales team in the province compared to any brewery, any industry. They're just spectacular. And they pulled up their boots, so to speak, and got to work. And all the guys and gals at Cameron's turned themselves into home delivery, beer support people. And this was a spectacular thing. So we now have... Six cross-stocks set up across the province. They're all packing their own beer, taking their orders. We have an amazing office team led by Jennifer of the Brewery, who's putting it all together and creating invoices on the fly. And we are delivering thousands of cases a month all across the province.
0: Amazing. And you know, it's it's one of those things. And and, and you and I have chatted offline prior to this podcast and, and right away we hit it off because we're we're the type of people who are positive by nature. And I could tell that from the moment, from the moment I spoke with you for the first time. And everyone who speaks with me knows that. And these things that happen in our in our lifetime and these these obstacles that happen in our careers, it's terrible. You know, you, you can't deny that living through a pandemic and we never we never dreamed that we'd be we'd be living through this. But I, I think you're like us, we look for those silver linings. Right, and one of the things that I loved as a business leader that you said is, you know, you talked about your employees and they're superheroes, but that doesn't happen by accident. Clint, like going through this was tough. By and Al and I had the same conversations. By the way, ours was March 18th when we sent everybody home, and we we said openly to our staff, we might have to do some layoffs here. We don't know what that means. So, how did you get people to stay on board with you and commit to, hey? Listen, this has hit our business, yes. And especially as you mentioned, bars, we all know bars are still closed down. How did you get them to stay on board and and, and buy in to the vision? And by the way, I think that's a fantastic idea. And we'll talk about that a little more maybe at the end of the podcast about how people can get that home delivery, because that makes me really excited. But how did you keep those people engaged along the way?
2: So I'm going to answer that question. And I just want to jump backwards for a moment to what you said about silver lining. I see this as not silver lining. This is golden lining this is a business opportunity we've created a stream of revenue economies of scale that we didn't know existed that will exist far after covid is over fantastic and the bars and restaurants are coming back retail is coming back and now the most important thing to us is creating connective tissue with the end consumer and now we have these thousands of home consumers that have cameron's beer guys and gals that they can reach out to for beer advice, ask for food pairings, ask for beer pairings, be serviced for home parties. So we didn't even know that this existed for us. And now moving forward, as the world comes back, and it will, we'll be bigger and better and stronger than ever. We'll have an additional revenue stream we didn't have before. And that is, we're most excited about that. I just think that is so spectacular that we're, we're so malleable and agile that we're able to find something. We've worked, not that we've, perfected it just yet, but we're working on it. We're trying to make it as efficient as possible. And then we'll go through. But I want to answer your question, Robin, about how our staff were able to stay on board. And I think it comes back to communication. Communication is very key. And I'm lucky, as I mentioned, our team is spectacular here. And we have hired and built our team, not based on experience, but based on personality. And how do we click as a group? in my past, which we can talk about a little bit, I come from a car dealership background, sales training, management training, and bartending and GMing at restaurants. And I've always found that it's the person that makes the experience. And we need to be experiential. Cameron's Brewing makes dynamite craft beer. We have 250 plus brewing awards. We've won over the last 24 years of being in business. And there are dozens of my friends in Ontario craft that make dynamite beer, that have won hundreds of brewing awards. And I think when you're trying to separate yourself in a highly competitive arena, without a personal touch, without that connective tissue, you can never survive, let alone thrive. And we take that same approach internally. So when I'm with my staff, we have an open door policy where we discuss everything. We make decisions as a cohesive unit. And COVID was the same. This is what's going on. Here are our options. This is what we think we can do. We can make this work. Let's do it.
0: That's fantastic in so many ways. And I know Al's itching to talk to something (laughs) about it. And and I am too. I want to hear your answer, but I got to go back and unpack just two things. In the earlier part of your answer, you talked about a golden lining and I I love that. And I just have to ask you, have you read a book called Blue Ocean Strategy? I have not. You should pick it up. I just finished it and it is exactly what you just did. So instead of competing in a world of red ocean where you got so many competitors and all of a sudden COVID hits, you guys created this entire new market that you didn't know existed. So I literally just finished that book. And as you were speaking, Clint, it was like, wow. So people can do this. So that's really inspiring. And of course, as as an employee benefits consultant, I love hearing these stories about creating engagement. And again, you know, that leadership really does make a difference. And I also loved what you said about. Hey, you might not have experience in what we're doing as a company, but if from a personality and if it's the right person in the right seat, then that person can be very successful and be a major contributor to your team. So so kudos on you for uh, for doing that.
2: Thank you.
1: Well, I think I can actually uh, jump in here now. Sometimes it's hard to get a, a word in when Robin's, <laughs> when Robin gets going. But I think this is my time. This is my uh, my chance to get in. We talked uh, offline before this about your, your three Ps as you um, expressed it as it relates to your success. And so I'm, I want to revisit that. And can you talk a little bit about what your three Ps are and how to help build your business?
2: Absolutely. So I have some and my staff will tell you They must be so sick of hearing me say my three P's, because I just think it connects to everything, not only in our professional life, but in our personal life and our social life. The three P's are to be prepared, professional, and to display positive personality. And when things are good, there's nothing better than being prepared and professional and positive. And when things are bad, it's even more important. And if we remember, That we're going to go through life trying to be as prepared as possible to always be professional to put that foot forward and perhaps most of all to display positive personality to bring positivity to whatever the challenge is in front of you it's been a recipe for me in my personal life and one that our family here Camden's Brewing has really brought on as well and I think it benefits us across the board.
1: Well, there's no doubt. And we picked up on this right away when we when we first spoke to you. Your positivity absolutely shines through and you can hear it in your voice. You can hear it in our conversation. And, and that's something that after our first conversation, Robin and I commented on was, here's a positive guy. And you can really I know see our, <laughs> our listeners
2: can't see me, but I'm blushing right now. As speaking. <laughs> you know, we talk about sales approach and these expressions that we have that are so important to us. And I've always believed that to get lucky in sales. it's all A lot of it is luck. We think it's luck to get lucky in sales and business and life. And I'm going to use one of our piece here, which is preparation. And I think to get lucky in sales, it's when preparation meets opportunity. And when I was a very young man selling cars, I had this wonderful manager. His name was John Jonas, who I've remained connected to until this day. And he used to run the Saturday morning early meetings at the dealership. And he'd say, guys, if you want to get lucky in sales, it's when preparation meets opportunity and you're responsible for both. We are responsible not only to be prepared for when those opportunities come in, but we need to create the opportunities as well. It's easy to sit back and say, well, when the opportunity comes, I'm going to be ready for it. I'm prepared. I've done my homework. But what can we do proactively to create those opportunities for ourselves and then to ensure that we're prepared for them when they
0: come through. Well, Clint, let's unpack that a little more because that was one of the questions I, I did want to ask you on, on the topic of luck because a lot of the entrepreneurs that I've spoken to through this series, through my career, because I love one of my favorite things is, is having conversations like this. And I've heard that repeatedly from very successful uh, you know, business owners and business leaders. And they've all said, you have to find a little bit of luck. It, it all takes a little bit of luck. And anyone who's had any success on a grand scale has said, Part of it was luck. I'd like to take all the credit. It was me. It was 100% me, but there's a little bit of luck there. So if if we have some young entrepreneurs listening to this, and I I know that we do because they've reached out on LinkedIn about the series, what would you say to them that they can do to have the best chance at, at, at finding that luck?
2: So I think that's a spectacular question. I think it comes down to focus and initiative and real belief. And I know those seem like really grandiose, easy things to say and they don't really mean anything when you try to unpack them. The initiative and focus comes from really believing in what you're putting out there and knowing that you can do it. The initiative is even when it's challenging, you really need to push through and just focus back on what the starting point is. And I think the the luck part of it is you just gotta bang your head against the wall until something happens. And you know, we all talk about the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. But you're gonna do very similar things and it's the tweaking and being a- aware of your own faults and your own shortcomings and going back to asking for help, trying again and not stopping. You know, I'll tell you the most intriguing thing about, sorry, I know you asked me not to move, so I'm in <laughs> one spot and I'm just so excited I can't stop moving here. <laughs> The world of brewing, the beer world, when you talk about big business, when you talk about having multinational partners in the car world, all the decisions are made for you. They tell you what the leasing rates are. They tell you what the packages of the cars are. They tell you what you can sell, how you can sell it, what colors they come in. And as an entrepreneur, that is so challenging because you're not able to really showcase that entrepreneurial spirit, that fire to do things differently. And when you go into the world of packaging, and manufacturing, and brewing, you can decide what style you're making. You can decide what color the can's going to be, what advertising plays you're going to make in doing it, what you want to sell it for, how you want to sell it, what markets you want to sell it to, and it provides this entrepreneurial fire that knows no bounds. You can do whatever you want. If no one's ever made a milkshake, IPA, triple stout, blueberry, maple syrup, organic dandelion root beer, and you think you have a market for it, you can do that. And that is so rewarding as an entrepreneur to say, we can do whatever we want. Of course, we have to make sure that we're uh, following the manufacturing guidelines, which of course we do. But I mean, there's lots of selling and advertising opportunities that come with being able to drive your own bus. So an advice to a young entrepreneur would be find something that you can change to your vision, and you'll be so excited about what can come down the pipeline that you'll want to work 20 hours a day to make it happen.
0: And something you said, Clint, that really, really resonates with me, and I know it does with Al as well, and our corporate video speaks to it. It was really important for us to communicate, especially to new prospects that haven't met us before. They don't know us, and we can say, hey, we're great, and here's some testimonials. But it was really important for people to understand our purpose and our why. And, you know, my dad passed away last June, it's coming up on a year. And, you know, he came to this country with with two kids, I hadn't arrived yet, and absolutely nothing and built a life and and gave us such an incredible opportunity. But I'm in this industry, because of my dad. And part of my purpose and my why is, I want to help people. And when when dad passed away, I'd done a, a LinkedIn post and And people had reached out and and wonderful comments about what he did and people I didn't know. And, And one of the ones that really hit home to me and meant a lot to my family was your dad always made me feel a certain way. And that's part of what I want for my legacy. So not only am I carrying on my dad's legacy, and that's part of my big reason about why I do this business and because he genuinely enjoyed helping people and so do I. But now I feel like I'm creating my own legacy by doing that. So I love that you've communicated to these young aspiring entrepreneurs if you have a belief in something and you enjoy it you're going to work those 20 hours a day if you don't and if you don't believe in in what you're doing you're just not going to put in that time and to your point earlier and if you're not putting in the time you're not going to find any of that luck so i think that's a really good message
2: oh well, robin i just want to say on a personal note i can hear the passion and the love that you had for your dad and i can't imagine how challenging that is my mom and my dad are my best friends my dad was the best man at my wedding and we hope we all go through it at some point because obviously the inverse is worse than that, but I'm really, I'm thinking about you and I'm sending you positive energy. Oh, thank later. you so much, I sure. appreciate it. 10 years and 20, you'll still feel the same way. And I think the opportunity to carry yourself, to carry on your dad's legacy as well is so powerful. It's such a beautiful emotion and thought, and I'm sure it makes you better every day. Thanks so much, Glenn. Appreciate it. Uh,
1: you're making my job easy because you had a great segue into my next question. In your last response, you talked about entrepreneurial spirit. And I wanted to just ask you about that. Like, what do you think it is? Why do you think it's important to talk a little bit about what you think the entrepreneurial spirit is?
2: When I talk about the entrepreneurial spirit, I have to be very careful because I have friends and family members who are unbelievably talented, industrious, ambitious people who are wonderfully successful in the industries that they've highlighted for themselves, and they have no interest in being entrepreneurs. They like to follow guidelines and they're good at it, and they can make a wonderful living and they can feel engaged socially and professionally. For me, I can only speak for myself, the hunger that an entrepreneur feels is very difficult to explain. It's like, well, you know, explain love. Well, it's hard to, I know I feel it. I adore my wife. You know, I love I know it's there, but it's difficult to put into words. Of course, you'll listen to this. So Victoria, I can put it into words later over and over again, of course. But (laughs) I think what separates an entrepreneur is that ability to bang your head against the wall and want to. I, I think that's the difference. And not everyone is built for it. And some of the most successful entrepreneurs on earth have failed over and over and over again. And when any normal sane person would have jumped into a lake, it's their next attempt at something that blows up. And when I say success, I'm not only talking about the bottom line or the top line or the zeros in your bank account. I think as an entrepreneur, real success is to take care of your staff, to make sure everyone on your team is happier this year than last year. You have a plan with each of them as to what their own roadmap to success looks like. And as an entrepreneurial spirit, you can continue to grow and use that to motivate you even further. And I think there's a real separation between that mentality and all kinds of other wonderful, successful industries and businesses.
1: You use the word uh, failing. And as an entrepreneur, you fail all the time. Right. And you you can't be afraid of that because like you say, one of these times it will work and you just have to keep going back and and trying again. And and failing doesn't mean you're a failure, right? It just means that you need to try again and figure it out. So I love that.
2: It's the the opposite of being a failure. It means that you have the the courage to try something new and to keep trying.
1: Yep.
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I love this conversation, but now I'm going to ask you a really, this now we're getting down to, we're getting down to a really important question, Clint. When things are starting to open up, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Tell me about how do people start coming down and doing tours of cameras? Do you do tours? And I guess my follow-up question for that is a real selfish one. And I know Al will love this. Any recommendations for a sunny Friday afternoon? What should we be picking up for? You're nice, sunny. I'm going to sit in the backyard on the back deck. What do you recommend from the cameras lineup?
2: Wonderful questions. My favorite kind. <laughs> I'll start with a little plug. We're now offering a 2-4 of our delicious award-winning Captain's Log Lager, when the 2017 Gold and the World Championship Loggers, $49.95 plus tax and deposit, $58.85 delivered right to your doorstep across the province, beautiful Friday afternoon, crushing beer. And the flip side of that is, as I mentioned, it's actually our sales team that is doing all the deliveries. So you're going to meet a member of the Cameron's family. They're not going to leave the beer. They're going to ring your doorbell. They're going to stand six feet away. They want to talk to you about Cameron's. They want to talk to you about beer. And they really want you to feel that experience that's so important to us here at Cameron's Brewing. So that's a perfect summer beer.
0: So Clint, lay it out for us. You talked about the delivery, which I think is such a fantastic idea. And I am definitely going to get on board with that. I have had the captain's log, by the way. Fantastic. So how do people do it? Like this afternoon, how do I arrange? Is, is there a website I go Firstly, to? Firstly,
2: Robin, I'm stealing you and we're going to have to do commercials together because I love the way you're speaking about the, <laughs> the captain's log there. www.cameronsbrewing.com. Go to our shop, put in all your information and we'll get it to you right away.
0: Love it. All right. Well, I can't wait for my, uh, my first delivery and I'm going to get to speak with someone from Cameron. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, Robin, but...
2: the first part of your question Yes, about the brewery. And I'd love to talk about that. Oh,
0: yes. Sorry. Yes, please. So
2: first, I'd like to pay some homage to our VP and brewmaster, Jason Britton, who we started $4 million infrastructure expansion in January of 2020. And then COVID hit. Oh, geez. And this spectacular guy, Jason, has through everything overseen this expansion happen. And it's really been very challenging and very rewarding where we would have usually had all kinds of hands-on support and help from PEI where we bought our tanks from, from DME, and it hasn't been there. And he and our production team here have been able to claw and learn and grow. And we do have a brand new brew house and new tanks up and running. So when tours are back up and when we're able to re-invite the public into the building, We have a beautiful, spiffy, updated new brewery to showcase with a lot of the old marvels from the 80s and 90s that have stayed in the building. So it's a real nice breakdown of old and new. We're like our our own beer museum here. You get to see a marshmallow tank from the 80s and you get to see some brand new beautiful tanks from last year. Amazing.
0: Well, listen. The Aria Benefits and Life and Legacy team, when you are open, will be coming down and uh, getting that tour. And I, I can't. I wait will for be your
2: personal tour guide and host. Wonderful. All the time, and I love
0: them. Wonderful. Well, listen, Clint. Thank you so much for coming on today, sharing your journey. I think it's been a fantastic story. There are so many great lessons uh, here for other entrepreneurs and business leaders. So I can't wait to release this episode. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Cameron's Brewery?
2: So two things, I'm delighted to share my email directly online if that's okay. For sure. It's uh, clint.israel at Cameronsbroom.com and go onto the website, read about Camerons. Check out our Instagram and our Facebook and our Twitter. We've got great things going on with all kinds of information. And I'm delighted for any young entrepreneur to retail.
0: Oh, that's awesome, great. That's, uh, that's great of you. All right, that does it for today's episode. Oh, I really enjoyed this conversation. As always, I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues. It really does. And remember, it all starts with one.